Okay. Let's do on when it says 45, do a clap. Okay. Cool. That way I can sync things up real easily. Maybe. We'll see if it works. (laughs) Was I delayed again? It sounded like to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It should work. Uh, It should. Editor's note. The audio for this episode was straight fucked. Random syllables are missing from Eric's audio. Troy is speaking a bit. Tyler sounds like he is recording in a laundry room. MC sounds fine. But every bit of audio was out of sync and we had to piece it together line by line. All that said, the end product turned out pretty good. I think. Enjoy. So Troy is Tyler today. I am Tyler. I, I, look, look at me. I am the Tyler now. I'm the Tyler. That almost now. worked because I almost <laughs> didn't rewatch this episode. I was almost the guy who hadn't seen Star Trek. Um, but then my child woke up at three in the morning this morning. I was like, hey, Dad, I'm awake. Do you want to finish watching Spectre and then watch Search for Spock? And I was like, I guess, kid. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And now I'm very tired. I'm very, 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 very tired. <laughs> hey, it's only like, what, 8 o'clock for you over there? Yeah, but I've been awake since 3 a.m. That's too early. <laughs> it's pretty freaking early. Um, it is. It's too early. It's no, it's bad. Um, But yeah, hey, I watched it. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I'm glad you could be on this one. Me too. Um, should we should we do the thing? I guess yes, we should do the thing. Um, hey Eric. Are you there? He's lighting up like he's talking, but he's not actually talking. I know. I don't understand. Hey, I haven't shown you my hideous new dog, have I? I can't find her. We, we, this was the dog that my brother got, and then he moved to Utah and left him with my parents, and my mom hates him, and so we decided to take him home after Christmas. Miko. Okay. Come here. Come here. This is Miko. He's just... He's the dumbest, most stubborn dog. I'm pretty sure he's actually half cat, but he has decided he's my dog since we brought him home. Like when Becky goes to bed, I come in here and he's like, I'm going to follow you. And he just hangs out with me. It's adorable. Back. Too young for this track. The final frontier. These are the voyages of... MC, Troy, and Eric. Their mission to introduce Tyler to strange new episodes. To seek out the best and worst media in the Star Trek franchise. To boldly go where several podcasts have probably gone before. Welcome to Welcome to Too Young for This Trek. This is the podcast where Tyler watches Star Trek and sometimes he's on the podcast and sometimes he's not and sometimes I'm on the podcast and sometimes I'm not. And today's one of the times where I am on the podcast but Tyler's not. I'm Troy. I'm Eric. And I'm MC. 
Uh, hi guys, I'm back. Uh, hey. I Yay. guess for the listener, I've already been back because wait, I was on Bride of Chaotica, right? I just showed up late. Anyway, we're back to talk <laughs> about uh Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which is fun because we were supposed to do this episode in August. I want to say it's been, it's been a long, oh, it's like, been a, time. yeah, it's been a while. It's been a heck of a long time coming. Um, but yeah, this is this is Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. We did split it in half. So, for those of you who have seen this before, we cut it at the Palm Far bit. I don't know if Tyler knows what the Palm Far bit is. That's one of the questions <laughs> I'm going to ask when he gets in here. Do you think? Do you um, think Tyler just ended up watching the whole? I was like, wait, what was Palm Far? I missed it. Damn it! <laughs> I I watched the whole movie because I watched half of it like seven months yeah. ago, and then I was bored one day and watched the second half. Yeah, and then the next movie. And then I think I even watched Star Trek Five, which God, we'll get to that one anyway. <laughs> Listen, um, I watched about five different Star Trek movies because we started watching this. Yeah. Well, that's and how it then works. stopped, and then I went and it, watched other it's ones. It's kind of weird. So, yeah. Once, once, once the process starts. Well, it's kind of weird jumping in with this one because you kind of have to watch Wrath of Khan right beforehand, and then you have to immediately follow it up with Voyage Home mm-hmm. at least because those movies flow together so freaking well. I can't tell you how many times I marathoned those as a kid. They, they do. They do. I mean, they tone tonally, they're all over do the place, they? but they do tie in pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say is like uh, the, the plot carries on from one to the next. But tonally, these are three <laughs> yeah, wildly different movies. Um, but hey, let's let's get into it. Um, this is Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock Part One, also known as <laughs> Biohura. Uh, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Oh, that's good. I, so. I I'm gonna still um <laughs> solo's line. Don't call me shorty. And Tyler's alternate title is Who mourns for Preston? I'm leaving a blank spot there so I can edit it in later. <laughs> nice. We'll see if I remember. I also to had or uh, not. previously on Star Trek. This time on Star Trek. Uh, um, next time on w- Star Trek. Because, like I said, you have to keep watching these movies. Like they're <laughs> they're a package deal. <laughs> it's like the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> that's dumb, and I hate it, and I love it. Um, with that, then let's get into a summary that I wrote and recorded back when we were originally going to do this episode. I don't remember what my summary is, oh, but we're going to all fun. find out together. We start Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock by rewatching a bit of Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, but at a teeny grainy thumbnail size in the middle of the screen. In a move that I can only imagine was made to trick folks decades later into thinking they've downloaded a shite copy of the film. As the movie actually starts, though, we find ourselves on the bridge of the Enterprise, left mostly empty as the cadets and scientists were all shipped off to do something useful as the old ship heads back into space stock for a refit with its old crew. Just kidding, it's actually being decommissioned in favor of a new ship design. The USS Excelsior NX-2000, a ship equipped with a transwarp drive that can fly so fast that everyone on board would super-evolve into lizards or something. Wait, forget <laughs> I said that. I got that reference. Uh, anyway, Kirk and the crew aren't feeling so young anymore now that they've been told their ship and by the transitive property they themselves are old and outdated and useless and decrepit and just pretty much a waste of space in everybody's way. Uh, then Sarek, Spock's father, shows up and he really drives home the point by being like, what the hell, Kirk? You just left him there? You were supposed to bring him to Vulcan. And then he does this mind meld thing so that he can rewatch part of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan only to find out that Spock didn't in fact shove his immortal essence into Kirk's brain like he thought he would have, and he's like, my bad. Oops. 
Kirk vaguely remembers something important happening back in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So he cooks up some popcorn and sticks in a VHS so he can watch Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> While reviewing the movie, Kirk notices a, a little Easter egg he might have missed where when Spock knocked McCoy the F out, he then went, remember, and did a mind meld. And Kirk like, rewinds, zooms in and enhances to be like, oh man, he definitely did a mind meld. So then Kirk realizes that this means that McCoy is carrying around Spock's ghost in his brain. So Kirk does the only logical course of action he could. He steals the Enterprise and his crew and they run off to the Genesis planet instead of to Vulcan, where Sarek told him to go. During the epic heist to steal the Enterprise, every member of the crew does pretty much the coolest shit they've ever done. You've got Uhura, who holds a junior officer at gunpoint. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Sulu does his best Han Solo impression while wearing the coolest outfit in Star Trek history. Uh, let's see, Scotty tells off an elevator. Yeah. And Chekhov says Wessels. So everybody's on top form. Up your shaft. Meanwhile, Christopher Lloyd gets a really cool Klingon bird of prey up to 88 miles an hour so he can go back in time to 1982 <laughs> and pick up a VHS copy of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and then he watches it while sitting way too close to some of his crew so that he can learn all the secrets of the Sega Genesis project. And then he decides to go to the Genesis planet so he can learn all the secrets of the Sega Genesis project. A team of scientists are studying the Genesis planet from orbit above the good ship, the USS Redshirt being led by David, my last name's not Kirk, Marcus, <laughs> and Lieutenant, I used to look like Kirstie Alley Savick, who are checking out the biomes in their new Minecraft seed when they notice Spock's casket, <laughs> oops, and life signs that suggest he's still alive. Oops again. So they beam down to the planet, where they find a bunch of highly evolved microbes and also a little tiny Vulcan child. A Vulcan child who's found by Savick, a Vulcan, who describes this Vulcan child as eight to 10 Earth years old. Who knows how old that makes him in Vulcan years? Certainly not Savik, the Vulcan. As Klingon <laughs> Christopher Lloyd arrives at the Sega Genesis planet, he spots a Roger Rabbit bumper sticker on the back window of the USS Redshirt, so he fires up his dip cannon at it and melts it down to muck. Then he beams down to the Genesis planet for reasons. Don't ask questions. On the planet, David reveals to Savik that he put protomatter in the Genesis goo, which is bad for some reason. And she reveals that the rapidly aging baby Spock is going to soon go through Ponfar, which is bad for some reason. Probably never find out why. It's probably not an episode or anything. Uh, finally, we close the first half of the movie on a shot of Savik and I'm not a girl yet not a woman teenage Spock gently caressing each other's fingers. Bum bum bum! Cliffhanger. To be continued. Sorry. Holy I, smokes. That was a long I, summary. Uh, I just have one point to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was made in 1984, one year before uh, Back to the Future. Wait, so, really? Yeah. He was, he was Krug before he was... Yeah. Weird. I did not realize that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... Yeah, well, so here's the problem. This was back before we got better at writing summaries than we are, so most of the dumb jokes that I wanted to make I've already made in my summary portion. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, 
that's kind of a bummer. But hey, what do you guys got? Well, somebody else take like the, the reins because I Tyler can't. sent us a subspace message uh, about his thoughts on the opening. Oh, did he? Uh, he, he uh, first, first thought is I think the reuse of old footage is lazy, and no one cares about all the other people who died other than oh. Spock. Which is weird, because Scotty's nephew died, and he seems to have forgotten. This entire crew seems on the edge of obsessive behavior concerning Mr. Spock. I mean, okay. So the reused footage thing, it, it's, it is strange, because it is setting up for the viewer mm-hmm. what matters, which for this movie, Spock's death is all that matters. Pretty much. But nobody in the movie is seeing the reused footage at that point. Well, and it's funny, you even mentioned this in your summary, they reused that footage constantly. Like, they beat you over that's, the head with it. That's what I was... <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was getting at. There's like... Th- like, they could have... You didn't need to do yeah. that. Like, either people saw Star Trek 2, in which case, hey, they know, or... They're gonna see Kirk watching Star Trek Two, where he re- he plays that scene three times, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which yeah. is excessive. Yeah, a little bit. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure who that's there for. I, I will say the, the the little clip in the beginning it, for me it might be nostalgia, but I actually really like the opening. I don't necessarily like the fact that they keep reusing the footage throughout the movie, but I thought it was a <laughs> clever way to kind of tie it into the last movie. And, uh, you know, it's kind of rare that sequels do that. They, like, pick up right where the last one uh, left off. And the only other example I can think of is, like, the Back to the Future movies, you know, because those, like, literally lead one another. So I kind of like that aspect of it. That's true. And they also Which... have a character go through a massive change of their face from one <laughs> <Yeah>. to the other. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say oh, that as well. Um, do you think because they got Christ- Christopher Lloyd, they couldn't pay the salary of another person of that caliber I think there's a story from that time or do you she's think not in this. I am not sure I can't remember though why Kirstie Alley left um but I'm gonna go research that while y'all talk about another point <laughs> and I will let you know so uh speaking of the fact that this picks up right okay. after Wrath of Khan dude that space that starship looks rough like you see, like, all the scarring on it and stuff. I thought that was a nice detail. Oh, yeah. It's not like the Enterprise suddenly healed. You know, it's still, like, this is after that battle. Like, it's, you know. And, and when they get back, it's like, nah, we're retiring <laughs> yeah, the Enterprise like, we're not repairing now because the old it's all to hell. That thing's, like, 20 years old. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> they say yeah. They say it's 20 years old. 20 years old is not that well, old for a ship like that, okay. I feel. Like, that's, Hear me surely out. it's still useful. If you had a no. 20-year-old computer... And you tried to get that repaired, they would look at you weird. Just think about yeah, but if you had a twenty-year-old car just, just, right now, yeah, the twenty-year-old cars are driving yeah, around all like, over the place, and those these are these are cars. starships. Like they, you know, if you think about the way technology, like, um, it advances like in a, at an accelerated rate, right, an exponential rate. So, like, twenty years is like that's a long ass time, right? <laughs> you think they would have. Uh privatized the enterprise and sold off it for parts and whatnot or do you think like auctioned it off like auction off the nacelles <laughs> yeah well because i mean old military vehicles and stuff get so, sold off okay and people okay. buy them y'all yeah i just pulled up the wikipedia list of current ships in the united well, states navy and i'm okay, looking at only yeah, commission have... ships in the united states navy <laughs> i'm listening there are two uh-huh 
there are two exceptions, which Eric, I, okay. I, you might know both of these. So mm-hmm. the first is the USS Constitution, which is a wooden ship from 1797. Oh shit! And it just it just hangs out at Boston. It doesn't go anywhere. Technically, still commissioned. That's amazing. <laughs> I I, I imagine I seen that boat actually. They've refitted that thing though. Like like it's not. They've switched out. They they would have had to right. Like they would have had to replace all the wood. Eric, help me. There's there's a a, a Greek story right yes. about like a ship that's cursed. There is. You know this. I've been talking about this for a month and nobody <laughs> I've mentioned it to knows what I'm talking about. Are you talking about, okay, so this is the example of like when they refit the Enterprise, is it still the Enterprise? Because they replaced everything right. on it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But there was a Greek myth about there it, There is right? a Greek myth about it. Well, I don't know if it's a Greek myth or if it's just a parable or, you know, but it's definitely a thing. I've heard it before. I'm so glad. Okay. <laughs> Next one on the list. Uh, was commissioned in 1945. <laughs> this is the uh, the USS Pueblo. Oh, is it an aircraft carrier? Uh, no, this is a technical research ship. Um, oh, okay. And the reason, yeah, I didn't know about that. that. The reason this one is still actively commissioned is because it is in North Korea. It was captured by North Korea, <gasps> and they've just they've still got it, and so it's <laughs> never been decommissioned because it's just sitting in a port in North Korea somewhere. Wow, I actually didn't know that. That's fascinating. I might have to dig into that for an episode. Oh yeah, there's cool stuff about it where like the yeah. uh the crew like was doing sign language or something in their their pictures, like the pictures that they took to like be like, see, we're proving that we're treating you well. They did like sign language saying like, oh god, oh god, or something. Oh, no. I don't remember the details. There's a whole thing there. Um wow. the oldest deployed ship. Mm-hmm. So so the two we talked about are 1797, 1945. How yeah. old do you think the oldest deployed commission ship in the United States Navy is? 25 years? 40. 50 years. The Shit, USS yeah. Blue Ridge was com- yeah, yeah. was commissioned on November 14th, 1970. And the Enterprise oh, yeah, that makes sense. is 20 years old. 20 years is not that long for something like that. Mm-hmm. It should still be in service is what I'm trying to say. Well, it's ridiculous <laughs> that they're like, oh, it's 20 years old. It's so old. It's 20 years old. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they didn't decommission anyway, the sorry. Discovery when that went 900 years into the future. They just upgraded it. I mean, they also had better technology to do the upgrade. Yeah. But, okay, so it is weird, though. You make you bring up a good point, Troy, because they just refitted it. Like, they that just too. refitted it. They put all that money into it. You would think they'd try to salvage that a little bit. Like, they, they spruced up the nacelles. They replaced the deflector dish. There's a whole new bridge. Okay, do you think it was more about the ship or putting a leash on Kirk? Mm, that's a good point. I mean, they could give Kirk a desk job without, like, decommissioning the Enterprise. That's a, that's a big thing to decommission for one guy. Yeah. But he ends up stealing it anyway. He does. So, uh, before oh, we'll we get, get to, to stealing that, that uh, <laughs> I looked it up and basically uh, Paramount screwed up and didn't put an option for a sequel into Kirstie Alley's initial contract. Oh, shit. So she was able to try to negotiate for a higher salary on uh, Star Trek 3 and um there apparently was a lot of back and forth because the character was being featured more heavily. And so it was like, well, I want more then. And eventually they were just like, ah, screw this. The more you know. Oh, so Paramount Forget got that. greedy. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like uh, Leonard Nimoy was pretty upset about it because the reason Christy Alley is so heavily featured 
or I'm sorry, the reason Savick is so heavily featured in this movie is because he really liked Kirstie Alley's performance as that character in Star Trek two. And since he was in charge of this one, he's like, let's make Savick a huge character. And then, yeah, then she got recast. But anyway, I do like the actress that replaced her, but that's really not cool for Kirstie Alley's sake. You know, it's a bummer. Um, how about, I want to talk about, the scene in Spock's quarters. Oh, with bones? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it actually starts off and it's just a figure sitting in the dark and it's bloody Leonard Nimoy's voice mm. coming out of the darkness and Kirk just starts flipping yeah, out. Yeah, it's kind of a creepy scene. I like it, though. Um, they do some interesting things with bones in this movie. Jim, help me. You left me on Genesis. Why did you do that? Help me. Bones. What the hell are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Yeah. Help me, Jim. Uh, Troy, did we lose you? Nope, I'm still here. Oh, Tyler. Hey. Hey. Maybe I'm not here because hey. I don't see Tyler yet. Oh, there's Tyler. Weird. <laughs> You're actually not too late to the party. We got kind of a late start because internet problems. Who's having the internet problems? Take a guess. <laughs> hey. hey, we got unlimited minutes. Ooh. Unlimited minutes. Thanks, Zoom. Um, Cool. My Maybe someone's like in and now, they're like really enjoying our is... podcast and they're like, you guys can keep going. This is good stuff. <laughs> they're like, I love all the Kirstie Alley talk about in this movie that Kirstie Alley is not in. <laughs> oh, yeah. were you talking about how shitty she is? She's what? not in this movie. What? She got replaced. I know. I didn't oh. mean as an actress. I meant as a person. Oh, Wait. I didn't know she was a shitty person. What? Oh, you she's a Trump enlighten supporter. us. Oh, all right. Fuck her. She what? She's a Trump supporter. <laughs> that's, Are you that's all. That's freaking all. Yeah, for real? Like, you can follow her on Twitter if you wanted. Like, but yeah, to be horrible. fair, she wasn't following yeah, Trump. Yeah, but so is Johnny Rotten somehow. Oh, that's weird. But yeah, she wasn't following uh, Trump in the 80s, right? Like, she wasn't a Trump supporter in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She was doing cocaine in the eighties. So. Everyone was. Was it? <laughs> was it Christy Alley or Robin Curtis that tried to take topless pictures on the bridge of the Enterprise? Anybody know? I would like to know. Editor's note: Per a random post on Reddit, and I quote: "The reason we don't have nude pics of Kim Cattrall on the Enterprise is because Leonard Nimoy is a cockblock." End quote. I, Tyler, don't know who that is, but. Live long and block a doll. Okay, so let's talk fashion. We get to see the whole crew decked out in the latest threads from the 2280s. Thoughts? Um, they look great. They, they mostly look great. Was that a sarcastic great? I'm not a fan of Chekhov's pink power suit. Y- yeah. Yeah, what is he wearing? I mean, he's... I'm pretty sure Bones is wearing the same outfit from the last movie. I think so. (laughs) He's a look at that one outfit. I like most of them. 
but Kirk's collar. What's up with Kirk's shirt too? <laughs> Kirk's Kirk's whole thing is weird. That shirt, like it's 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 textured. It's like layers of fabric. You would feel the pattern on that shirt all day long. Yeah. I like this though because we don't usually see Star Trek characters in casual clothes. That's true. And it's cool that they didn't just wear something that would look like it's from the 80s. Like they tried to kind of be like what would fashions be like 200 years from now, you know? I don't know. They all look like they're in track suits to me. <laughs> well, that's the future 80s. Except for Sulu kind of looks like he's in like like a fancy robe Sulu, like like a billionaire would be in or something. Best. Yeah, he looks so comfy. He's so smooth. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they're pajamas. Maybe they're <laughs> having know, a pajama party. We didn't get to see either Uhura or Scotty in casual wear. They were both actually in uniform. And well, I'm disappointed. We're still on duty. Yeah, I know, but but I'm disappointed because I I want to know what Scotty wears when he's off duty. Those are uniforms because they're in like well, we see Uhura and yeah, she's in the scene where they're all drinking. I don't think she's on oh, duty. Oh, maybe there is a shot in that scene. Okay. Yep. She's wearing just, a, a red thing. You don't really see much I'm of it. I'm real mad She's about the Uhura and this movie yeah. because there's this whole heist to steal oh. the Enterprise, and Uhura's job is to not go with them, which yeah. I didn't realize. Like I didn't remember that. And then I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, "Hang on, they just left. Where's Uhura? They just left her behind." Yeah, they did kind of ride her out of the movie, but, but her scene really cool. is pretty great. She pulls a gun on a dude. Like she just like ruthlessly holds a guy yeah gunpoint and it's like and never seen her with a gun they call that the jacksonville <laughs> special um and can i point out this guy looks like he's kind of enjoying it i think he thought that this was a elaborate role play yeah yeah. Up until the door like closed and locked and he was like wait a minute <laughs> when she's leaning into it too with the way she's talking to him it's like, you like adventure, mister? You're gonna sit in the closet. The closet? What, have you lost all your sense of reality? This isn't reality. This is fantasy. You want an adventure? How's this? The old adrenaline going? Huh? Good boy. Don't get in the closet. Okay. Uh, Go uh, on. Go on. I'll just get in the closet. Okay. Here. Speaking speaking of people going, hey, wait a minute. Did y'all notice as the Enterprise is being stolen, the like waiter in the fancy restaurant who was just watching it fly away and looked so startled? I don't know why, but that guy stood out to me this time. He's just like, oh, God. And I'm like, who are you? What, like, what is this shot? What is this restaurant? What's happening? There's some great shots in this whole part. I love the design of the space dock. You know... I, I've always been a fan of like sci-fi miniatures, you know, from this era of movies. Um, you know, like mm -hmm. this isn't that long after Return of the Jedi, I don't think. Uh, I'm pretty sure Industrial Light and Magic worked on this movie. This would be the same year as Jedi. What year was it? 80... 1982? Two? Okay, so this is a year after 84. Jedi. 84. Jedi was 83, I think. Is it? Oh, yeah, 81. Yeah, it was 77, 80, 80 yeah. and 83. Anyway, yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure Wait, Empire's Empire 80. 80? I thought it was 81. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, so they steal the ship. Meanwhile, Christopher Lloyd's sure being yeah, a Klingon. Yeah, he hams it up, like, in the best way possible. Uh, kills <laughs> his already... lover. Yeah, I was going to say, has he already killed his lover? <laughs> we haven't discussed it, but That's yeah. That's how he's introduced, isn't it? Nice. 
Yeah, the Klingon bird of prey, which is this the first time we've seen a Klingon bird of prey? Can't no. be. Well, not not on this show. Like if you're viewing this chronologically, like in the movies. <laughs> what does that mean? Chronologically. Well, okay, the, no. chronologically okay, and Star Trek don't actually mix, but the bird of uh, prey's got to show up somewhere on the original series. I'm pretty sure he's talking about us on this podcast. Well, have we seen one on the podcast? I, I Is meant, that what like, you're asking? That's not what I'm asking. Oh, I thought that's what you're asking. <laughs> what I was asking is if you're watching the movies in order, this is the first appearance of a Klingon bird of prey. In the well, movies? yeah, because there's not in the motion picture. It's a D7 yeah. They have the D7s the in the first one. The second one, gosh, you're right. Only has Federation. You're right. Ships. The Klingon bird of prey, bird of prey, introduced in Star Trek Three. Yeah. Can wow, I just say I love the design of this ship? It's iconic as hell. I think they overuse it a little, you know, these days, but like when it mm-hmm. first showed up, like that was that was awesome. Like the way its wings move. This goddamn Google is trying to show me pictures of D7 battlecruisers <laughs> and Cardassian ships when I search for first appearance of Klingon Bird of Prey. Come on, Google, get your shit straight. The way the guns are on the wings, like it's it's a cool ass <laughs> design. I love it. Yeah. But it, it's the a whole good reason that um, the bird of prey shows up is because it's all cloaked and he needs to get information about Genesis from his lover, who then is okay with being killed by him. Well, that's a Klingon thing. Yeah. Well, why does she need to be killed? Because she she watched it, like... Is there no trust in the, the Klingons? Like, I don't... <laughs> uh, yeah. I was... They talk about, about that. Watching this this morning while I was sleep-deprived, I was like, wait, why did she die? But I decided not to rewind because I was hoping they someone could... here would have a concrete answer. They could have because around, she watched right? the thing. Uh, huh. I'm surprised um, she didn't just kill the crew of that ship and then beam over to his ship. Oh, like... is that what it was? Like, the... Sh- it wasn't to kill her, it was to kill everyone on the ship that might have seen yeah. it. Oh, uh, yeah. Totally, totally. Sense. I just thought that they yeah, would have beamed just her out. them easy, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I thought I it think... was because she specifically saw it, because he, he made a point to be like, no, you saw it, right? You. <laughs> and she's like, yep. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Then maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he just doesn't trust anybody. I think I think from a movie perspective, they're just trying to establish these are the bad guys. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, they have that, that nasty looking dog. That, that was it. enough. Oh, that's that dog's awesome. What are you talking about? That's it's a really that's gross a, looking a Klingon Targ. A Targ. Please. Yeah. Come on. Have some respect. <laughs> <laughs> they're cute in like a scary way. <laughs> Alright, so the Enterprise is trying to escape, right? Oh, yeah, they definitely... That 
somehow Scotty got reassigned to the new ship that has the transport drive, and he's meddled with something on that ship. He's taken something <laughs> off, and they well, stole, this isn't just any ship. So um, everyone else got like vacation, extra vacation time <laughs> for their mission, and Scotty gets reassigned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what Scotty wants, though, man. That's that's Scotty's vacation time is doing engineering work. Yeah, well, it's really weird because you know, like. I'm assuming this is like right after the second one. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, oh, Kirk's talking about how Spock's like death is still like fresh on everyone's mind. And <laughs> Scotty's nephew died. And yeah, he gets I forgot. Like, promoted In his arms. to this other yeah, he gets promoted to go to this other <laughs> ship and he's just so happy about it. Oh my god, that's such a good point. I totally forgot Scotty's nephew. I think mm. everyone did. Everyone did. <laughs> did you guys get my did. alternate Scotty title? Did. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, oh, hey, Tyler, I need you to read your alternate title so that I can then cut it from here and insert it back into the beginning of the episode. Okay. It's uh, Who Mourns for Pre- for Who Mourns for Preston, which uh, is Scotty's nephew. It's also a great reference to an episode of Star Trek. Yep. It is. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've seen the title. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good episode. Oh, spoilers. Um... <laughs> Um, what about Captain Tyrell? We didn't even have a funeral for him, and he was a captain. Captain who? Oh, yeah, he died, too. <laughs> captain who? <laughs> Chekhov's captain, who had the earworm. I was kidding. Aww. I remember. Yeah. yeah, he phasered himself to... Yeah, to I mean, I guess Kirk. there was a body, so what are they going to do? <laughs> um, uh, so, Tyler, did you recognize this ship? The ship that Scotty's on? Oh, yeah, the Excelsior? That's, uh... yeah. The one that Sulu was the captain of in that one episode of Voyager. That's right. Wow, I didn't even put that together until you said the name again just now. Yep, that's that ship. Tyler, I need you to take your headphones off. <laughs> <laughs> I, just I just got here. How, Eric? How is the the Excelsior? Because it gets it becomes the Enterprise A at the end of this, right? No, it's the Excelsior. But it's at the, the end NX of this movie, 2000 Excelsior. But at the or at the end of the next movie, don't they? They That's rechristen a it. Ship. That's no. a different ship. No, so the so, okay. So you're thinking of the USS Enterprise B, which was actually in Generations. No, 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 no. Because the Enterprise blows up at the end of this movie. Yeah, it does. Spoilers. And and, and then they find some whales. They okay. Yes, they find some whales, but then they and do then get the Enterprise they get back A back to Earth, and they give them the Enterprise A. And isn't the Enterprise get... A this ship? No, it's it's literally like the same exact design as the Enterprise. It's weird that they, they didn't redesign it. They built a whole new it. ship in the time it took them to find some whales? No, okay, so they did rechristen another ship, but it was a Constitution class, not Excelsior class. Okay, I yeah. always thought it was this ship. I think it was, like, in my mind, I've always put, thought it was this ship. I think I read that it was the Yorktown. They turned huh. it into the Enterprise A, yeah. Okay, cool, my mistake yeah. then. No, you're good, but there is a ship that oh, oh. is Excelsior Wait. class. Oh, boop. He's got no, his headphones a- back on. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> like Eric started talking again after I said that. <laughs> um, all right, Eric so always got does three... that too when we try to go to like commercial breaks. I'm like, all right, let's let's wrap it up. We're going to a break, and Eric's like, yeah, but what about? And then he gets cut off. <laughs> <laughs> cut off mid sentence. There's there's three distinct plot lines in this movie, and we haven't even talked about the third. So the third Sorry. distinct plot line is that on the Genesis planet. Uh, David oh, Marcus wait. and <laughs> what wait 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 before we get into the third should we actually go to ads 
I was I was gonna yeah you can go to the ads right now. Hello, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm uh, you know I'm here in the UK doing UK things, not being eaten by giant people. And I'm Tyler in the US, also not being eaten by giant people. And we host the Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast, where we are. Uh, hold on a second, Tyler. Hold on. There's some weird noises going on outside the door. Let, let me just go check it out quickly. Ah. 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 It's Twitter Troy Titan. Ah. ah, my leg. Ah, he's eating my leg. Ah, Bill. No. Oh, it's gone. He's eating my bloody leg, Tyler. Troy's eating my leg. Oh. Uh, anyways. Uh, we're a monthly podcast where we read an arc of the manga a month, try to get Bill caught up. Uh, Bill, you want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, what? What? You want, what, what's, what do you want? Where can people listen to the podcast? <laughs> I, don't, uh, oh, I don't have a clue. Oh, he's going to eat me. He's going to eat me. Oh. Why are there so many cats in here? God, I hope you can uh, get, Can I get a new co-host? So the third the third plot is David Marcus and Savick are working on another ship and they're investigating the planet and they're like, hey, there's like somebody alive down there. We should go check it out. <laughs> and the captain's like, but I don't wanna. And then they're like, please. And he's like, all right. And so they beam down to the planet. And now we have all three of our plots that are happening all at the same time that the problem with dividing this movie up the way that we did is, is none of these three plots have anything to do with each other at any point in this half of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to get it all on the table because now we can talk about anything that we ta- that, yeah. that we see in here. Okay. It really Sounds feels good. like a lot doesn't happen in this half of the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of expo- <laughs> exposition. It's a lot of build up. It, it's a lot of like, hey, remember in the last movie? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely... Watch this little clip just in case you forgot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we spent things... about ten minutes talking about that. <laughs> the things that happen in this mo- uh, uh, in this half of the movie, they get the Enterprise back. The Klingons are introduced uh, as uh, the bad guys looking for Genesis, and we realize that um, they're somehow blocking communications with uh, the ship at Genesis. Oh. Oh right, because they try and they try and call Starfleet and we're like, "Hey, we think we found Spock and he's not dead," and nobody answers. Yeah, and then That's we also ship find exploded. out. Yeah, and, and because we also find out Spock is alive in this part of, but those are like the only things that happen really. The rest is just exposition. Yeah, but it's not because they're jamming the signal. It's because their ship exploded. No, yeah. b- before no, that, the before the, that. the oh. ship tries to call back to be like, "We found we found Spock's casket," oh, okay. and they don't get a response. But that leads me to another interesting point, which is okay. So th- here's the Enterprise, right? It's in the middle, and ahead of them is the ship orbiting the Genesis planet, and behind them is the Excelsior, and. Kirk's like, the Excelsior is chasing us, and they're trying to call ahead to this other ship, and Kirk's like, hmm, will they be on our side or against us? I'm like, dude, you just commandeered a ship. In what universe is another Starfleet vessel going to be on your side? Like, what are you talking about? Why would they? No, they're going to arrest you if they if they hadn't exploded. But what is? why would he think that they would help him out? I don't understand. I mean, his son is on that ship. 
Yeah, yeah but, but still. But the captain from that ship, I assume Kirk would know something about him. He was like very by the book because that's why I was like, you can't go down to the planet because the book says you can't. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, yeah, we can. And he's like, fine. So I don't know. Maybe that's how like Kirk would be like, you need to help us out. And he's like, I can't. Uh, there's this specific thing in the Starfleet manual says <laughs> I can't. And then Kirk's like, but maybe you could. And he's like, yes. Kirk's like, technically, I became a captain two weeks before you, which means I outrank you, which means that I say you should help me. Is he an admiral Yeah, Kirk's an admiral. He can boss these guys around. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to be an admiral. He doesn't belong in the admiralty. He really doesn't. Who would ever make him an admiral? So we forgot to mention, McCoy throughout this movie has kind of lost his marbles. And... Mm. There's that part where he tries to do the Vulcan neck pinch on the yeah, dude. That was my favorite part of this half. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing! <laughs> like he's uh, so out of character in the best way because apparently he's got Spock's brain in his brain. That green-blooded son of a bitch is his revenge for all those arguments he lost. Yeah, and I, I normally don't like Bones, but I really like Bones in this part of the movie that we saw. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, like, he, like, perfectly gets, like, I don't know, like, the cadence of Spock's mm-hmm. speech yeah. correctly or something. Because, like, he sounds like him, but it's, like, you know, his own voice. But it's not mm-hmm. like they did that weird thing when, like, in cartoons they body swap and for some reason they swap voices. Which doesn't make sense because you would still have whoever's body's vocal cords. that's true it doesn't make yeah. sense I, I, think, I think that yeah. what what you have come up against here tyler is the surprising revelation that deforest kelly is probably the best actor on this show and it's just that <laughs> that i think that there's a combination of the writers don't give a shit about bones and so they never really know what to do mm-hmm. with except for make him grumpy and also yeah. i think deforest kelly a lot of the times is like man fuck this uh i, <laughs> I think he's just paycheck. like no not quite that because i I gather that he was kind of an awesome dude but i i think he was just like i think he was like if all the writers are gonna have me do is be grumpy and kind of racist then all right i'm just gonna hang out and be grumpy (laughs) (laughs) you're probably right you're on he's racist in this movie a lot um a little bit yeah (laughs) after saying that i'll be right back (laughs) okay that green-blooded son of a bitch um so I really like the design of the Genesis planet. It's like a Minecraft map. Uh-huh. It's got all these different biomes all next to each other. Uh, the other comparison is Seven Days to Die. I don't know if I know which one that is. That's uh, the zombie one. It's like Minecraft with zombies. And oh, that's cool. It's a little bit more realistic. Does it have snow-covered cacti in it? Uh, no. But it, uh. there is like uh, snow biomes and like desert, and then there's a thing called blasted lands, which is where everything is on fire, including zombies. Okay. Can I? That's pretty cool. Can I? Can I ask a question about the Genesis planet that <laughs> yeah, I don't sure. think you'll have an answer to? Because what I actually mean is, uh, there seems to be a gaping pothole. Oh, okay. Why? Why? Why is? Why is Spock young? Uh, that's actually explained. So... Um, the <laughs> thing that he added that was illegal to use, uh, 
I can't remember what it is, like proto matter or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. That that de-aged and then sort of increased well, their aging at the same time. It's really weird. I think it took his DNA and like reconstituted it, like right, like well, it but, but Spock's body was gone. There was there was because his his funeral robes were in the casket. Yeah, he. So did he like rapidly decay, and then Ew. was was recreated from what? Like I, I don't I don't know that it makes sense for Spock to be a tiny baby who becomes a teenager in an afternoon. Yeah, because if that was going to happen, it feels like it should have happened. Has it happened already? Is this like the eighth time Spock has been reborn? Does he just get <laughs> born every day and die every night on the Genesis planet, and then he's reborn again? Oh man, that's crazy. Maybe it's the decay of the proto matter or whatever. Like it has a half life. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Except, okay, so why does he stop aging? Why does he stop rapidly? Aging? He's off the he planet stops when they leave the planet. Yeah, yeah. That's but, weird. But, why, but but my problem is okay. So how long how long passed between Spock's <clears throat> casket landing on the planet? And now, and why, why did they get there? I mean, when they got there, he was like, like an eight year old human. Yeah. And like 12 hours later, he's an adult. So So he's aging very quickly out of the, how long was he a baby or did it take like a week for him to get created as a baby? Oh Jesus. That's disturbing. Did he like birth himself? I think I'm going to stick with, (laughs) yeah, I I think the Spock's body decomposed (laughs) and a a, a baby was created from the decomposing body, which then aged up and died and then decomposed and then a baby was born from the body. And that's just happened on loop over and over again. That's horrifying. And yeah, it's messed up. It's messed up. Actually, you know what? He oh, wouldn't even have gotten, he wouldn't have even died of old age. He would have died of Ponfar. So, so what happens is Spock's body decomposes. Oh no. Baby Spock is born. Baby Spock becomes a teenager. Baby, baby, baby teenage Spock nuts himself to death. And then a new baby Spock <laughs> is born. And that just keeps happening over and over again until Robin Curtis shows uh, up. One issue. Yeah. They've been scanning the planet the whole time. Yeah, that's a good point. There's only the one life form. Then why did it take so long for baby Spock to show up? Do you think do you think old Spock turned into those worms? No, those worms were evolved forms of microbes on the outside of the casket. They did talk about that. Oh. That's uh, they evolved like because their life cycle has been sped up, so they've been reproducing at a rapid rate, so they evolved much quicker than they should have. That's like, like a really cool concept. Flies. I yeah. like what yeah. um uh, how the Starfleet and the Klingons reacted to those organisms differently. Like, they were, like, very careful to step around and, like, mm-hmm. grab stuff away from, uh, like, the Starfleet. Uh, whereas Christopher Lloyd just walks up to the first worm thing and just, like, crushes it to death. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they don't show you is that right after that, the camera cuts away and Krug just reached down and just scooped up a big handful of the crushed worm thing and then just went, ah, rum, 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 and just ate <laughs> it. Because that's, that's, that's some good shit if you're a Klingon. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, like extra-sized gawk. Mm-hmm. Warm and fresh. I'm back. <laughs> Hi, Tyler. Hey. Hello. Um, so we were just talking about the Genesis planet. What are your thoughts, Tyler? Um, uh, it's 
stupid, but it's fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it. But we were a little confused. Matter. Yeah, we were a little confused on how Spock actually came back. Like, did he? Did his body like do a Benjamin Button and like shrink, or did he like birth a new Spock? So like, did that body decay and then he like <laughs> came out of the ashes? What like happened a to the body? But what I understood was the proto matter like took his cells and basically like from one cell created a new Spock, but it was a baby Spock and not an adult Spock, even though it was adult Spock cells. So maybe it's actually Spock's child and it was just a sperm. No, no, zygotes when they combine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a cabbage patch. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, like he just came up out of a plant or something. Something. Out of the planet. That's I'm really curious to see what happens to those like slug things in the the second half of the movie. Oh shit! Did we get ahead? I think we got ahead a little bit. Yeah, we, while while you were gone, we spoke slightly about things that'll happen later. Yeah. So uh, Tyler, just don't listen to this episode until you have watched the second half. <laughs> That's a good. Yeah. I I mean, aren't the Klingons on the planet? The Klingons yeah. get to the planet, and that's it. Like yeah, they're just hanging the, out. Yeah, they get to the planet. They mess with the slug things, and he just they blow like, up the USS Grissom, right? Yeah, that happens. It's not that important, yeah. you know. He cool <laughs> there's weird tentacle about? things happening. <laughs> That's the important part. That is a very important part. He just squeezes it, and it dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he squeezes it to death. <laughs> it, yeah, it's baller. <laughs> he just lets it fill him up, though. He's like. Yeah. That's a Klingon thing. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't understand. I mean, to initiate um, a mating practice, they bite each other. That's mm-hmm. actually canon. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah. yeah. So this is something that probably out of us three, I'm the only one that's bothered by. But it's really weird that the Klingons like go back and forth between speaking Klingon and English. To me. Uh, so, yeah... yeah. It, amongst themselves at least i think well, that's so, one of those things where i just assume that they're speaking klingon and and the show yeah. is conveniently translating for us except for it doesn't translate specific cool phrases like kapla and patak because that way we <laughs> yeah. can get to know those phrases and go cool he said patak <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's like um the opposite of what discovery did where discovery is like we want to be accurate we want to have them cl- speaking klingon all the time they made it a little bit more convenient for the audience especially in the 80s like people didn't read subtitles people couldn't read in the 80s like that's not like (laughs) widely known but you know you joke about that but i I, i've talked about my struggles with discovery subtitles before but also uh i I mentioned at the start of this that i watched specter this morning at three in the morning when my child woke me up and i'm sitting there with my kid watching this movie and all of a sudden i realize i have no idea what anybody's talking about i'm like oh god damn it they're speaking a different language and there's subtitles on the screen i'm too sleepy (laughs) like i didn't even know this was happening (laughs) so i appreciate that this movie didn't go that route what i don't appreciate though because i watch everything with closed captioning on because i do have a child and sometimes he's like sometimes he starts yelling in the middle of a show being on and that's nice to have and then sometimes um, you're watching Tenet and you can't understand what anything's like anything in that movie without subtitles. So, well, I only watched Tenet uh, projected onto my Apple Watch as was intended by the filmmaker. Um, 
the problem I have is that goddamn Robin Curtis says that Spock's going to go through Ponfar, and when when she says that, the subtitles just say Vulcan language or speaking Vulcan, and I'm like, it's <laughs> yeah. Ponfar. You can you can just type out Ponfar and like put it in italics to make it clear that it's a different language. Like it, yeah. I, that bothered me. Come on. Come on. I, I really yeah. love when subtitles do dumb things like that. <laughs> yeah. Where they try to describe a sound that, like, I don't know, doesn't make sense. I uh, yeah. designed a shirt oh, yeah, exactly. based on Discovery Action. No, it was based on Doctor Who. That was just like, it looked like subtitles, and it just says, parentheses, dramatic music, parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> great. It's great because, no, it's all always in uh, Star Trek. It, it says tricorder yeah. beep beeping noise and because yep. all listening people know exactly what that noise is but <laughs> oh, uh, whenever yeah. i see that i'm just like they like a deaf person has no context for that but what whatsoever. if they weren't deaf the first time they saw star trek and then they went deaf like then that's good point okay can, yeah well it's yeah, also but idea. it's also helpful because that's like th- that's the same reason it would have been helpful if Ponfar was subtitled because Ponfar yeah. is a phrase that has shown up in star trek before spoiler yeah. sorry tyler uh, I mean, so, Ponfar's so came up on this podcast again, before. Like, oh, it has. You'd be like, yeah, I like Ponfar. Okay, I know what that means. Whereas Tricorder Beeping, okay, I know what that means. But when it just says speaking Vulcan, it's like, what, what does that mean? What did she say? Mm. What, what? You didn't tell me what she said. Something. You didn't do your one job is to tell me what people said, and you didn't do it. So that brings me to a question. Tyler, what do you think Ponfar is? We can talk about that more and I... Uh, Oh. The next part? No. Uh, so oh. I, I did oh, the you... whole um, yeah prediction for next time, and I talk about Ponfar in it. So oh okay. I think I think we're about at that point. I guess the well, last thing I want to check on is how much <laughs> of so so we told Tyler to stop when fingers touched. How much of that scene did you see, Tyler? Did you watch that whole scene, or did you just like <laughs> stop it on the dot? So you told me that six months ago. So I was just like. <laughs> When am I supposed to stop? And then you had the picture, so I stopped like right when the picture that you shared when that happened. Fantastic, awesome. I do have one more question for Tyler, if we have time. Chewie, can you please stop rubbing on things? <laughs> He's rubbing the legs on the table, so like it's like shaking it. <sighs> um. Okay. So Tyler, does it make sense to you that a skeleton crew would even be able to pilot the Enterprise from the bridge? Well, Scotty had a throwaway line and that he just made the whole ship automatic so yes i guess but, but why like, do they need the whole crew to begin with if well, you could just make the whole ship automatic <laughs> but like it's what not if fully like, automatic it needs a team of chimpanzees and two cadets <laughs> <laughs> but like what if a like a group of frat bros decide they wanted to steal an aircraft carrier would they technically be able to is that possible I mean, if one of them had the knowledge and could direct the others to do it, yes. I think you need a lot more than five people. Uh, That's what I'm saying. The Enterprise is a little bit more complicated than that. It needs a crew. It's also got a much more complicated computer system, though. Yeah, it's also Mm, like way in the future, and they have technology and yeah. Yeah. There's those little robots everywhere. Fancy. Oh yeah, those robots. (laughs) Yeah, there's those robots that we've never seen before. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a fancy Roomba. I get it. I, th- <laughs> I think it makes sense, except for why would they ever have more than that many people on the ship to begin with? Well, if they don't and, need okay. them. Okay. 
Okay, we just watched Rathicon before this one, right? Even though that was six months just ago. Just six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But in Rathicon, they clearly show that they have to personally like launch the torpedoes. They have to like load the torpedoes manually for some reason. Nope. I guess well, the okay, Enterprise isn't going to be I'm... launching too many torpedoes then. Yeah, I mean, they haven't launched any torpedoes. Oh, that's yeah. maybe part two. <laughs> Check out, get down there and start loading the torpedoes. <laughs> yeah, like, is it like... Um, no, Scott, there's I actually... like to think Scotty's doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one not I, on the bridge. Like one at a time. Like, <laughs> like I don't like remember... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, don't remember what Scotty's the episode is. Story. But this is actually addressed in an episode of Star Trek. It's in Voyager somewhere where mm-hmm. there is a line that says something like, it, you know, if Starfleet wanted to be safe, they could have sent a team of drones out here, but they send people out here so we can explore. So like that, they actually do yeah. loosely address that at some point in Star Trek. But it is, I mean, it's, mm, it's, it's a lame excuse at best. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you could have, um, drones piloted by people in a safe space there's yeah well there's especially a lot of if subspace better options works the way they claim it does yeah with instantaneous community never mind we can go or on they could just use a spore that. drive to jump all over the galaxy and not worry about all this stupid exploration <laughs> shit because they have that technology yeah but they don't talk, they don't talk about that anymore yeah it's classified <laughs> yep uh, so also, Spock doesn't have any siblings. None at all. None at all. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't like give him brain damage or something at the end of the season, so he forgot about her. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, your sister's classified. <laughs> uh, I think then we can go to uh, Tyler's predictions for part two, yeah? Uh, before that, I'm I have excited. a couple of random things that since I missed so much. Sure, sure. I wanted to mention uh, one thing I noticed was uh, the captain of the Excelsior. His like mm-hmm. catchphrase thing is "execute," which is one of the ones that Saru tried. Oh yeah. Also, he's funny. kind of a pompous dick. Yeah, I, I like the scene <laughs> where I, I can't exactly remember what's happening. He's like, "Why am I needed on the bridge?" Like he's just laying in bed. They, like, they call a yellow alert and say captain to the bridge and he calls the bridge and he goes how can you have a yellow alert in space doc oh, and they're yeah. like uh somebody's still in the enterprise and he's like oh shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's all filing his nails though as he sit in the chair yeah uh the other he's thing gonna get little bits of nails all over his bed sheets doing it that way <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because they have space roombas <laughs> that's true well, there's just a dot 23 they're annoyed like just collecting it's like really like there's a trash can right there come on man uh, yeah <laughs> from now on whenever i watch old school star trek i'm gonna imagine all these droids floating right off the camera like right outside the camera uh the other thing i wanted to mention was uh on genesis like when the ship blows up david's mm-hmm. like what do you think that was and savik's just like super casually like the ship was destroyed. Like she's just like, you know, it wasn't like a bunch of people just died. She's just like, you know, it's just the ship. Sir, something is jamming our transmission. An energy surge. Okay. Oh my god. Captain, what is happening? We're under attack. Stand by for evasive. 
Davik, what happened to them? It would seem that Grissom was destroyed by an enemy attack. She's a Vulcan, my dude. Yeah, still just seems too casual. I don't know. <laughs> I like this image that's just popped into my head. Instead of like Vulcans are logic extremists, they're casual extremists. They're just casual about everything because, <laughs> they're, because they're logical about it. They're like, hey, man, you know, just you find up. a new ship, you know? <laughs> the ship just blew up. Well, that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> I'm gonna just put "Hey man" at the front of every sentence I hear Vulcan say from now on. Hey man, fascinating. Vulcans abide. That's yeah. funny. Oh, no, I think that's probably about it. Maybe. Do, 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 do. I'm looking through my notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll give you guys another example of good subtitles while Tyler looks for his notes. I was watching Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark today, oh, and so the good. part where he he, he they, they just figured out that the guy, oh man, he only had markings on one side of his staff. His staff is too tall. He's digging in the wrong place. And then Indy tosses the date up in the air, and he goes to catch in his mouth, and then Sala reaches out and snatches it out of the air and goes, bad dates. Right before that, as yeah. as he catches the date, there's music playing, and the the subtitle says "ominous theme plays," and I'm like, "Ooh, okay, you're <laughs> right. That is an <laughs> ominous theme." <laughs> Thank you for pointing it out. Subtitles, That's I wouldn't weird. have noticed otherwise. Uh, so one last thing: uh, security guards. The oh, it's a real yeah. dumb, right? Their design is horrible. <laughs> what were they thinking? They look so retarded. Sorry, they look really dumb. I used the wrong word there. Uh, they are yeah. ready to play rugby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's like another set of people. There's the, when they're stealing the ship, there's Can the... Can you guys hear my dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's having puppy dreams. Well, is he sleeping? Yeah. This is my ugly dog. You haven't got to see him, Tyler. Hang on. I know you're making dog? a point. Yeah, going seriously, to put a those on. uniforms with like the padding and stuff, couldn't they just do like a like a stormtrooper ripoff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, make the padding look more like armor. Right. Yeah. I, I can't see his face. Where's his face? It's squished in. Oh, that's <laughs> oh dear, it is. Yeah. This is my chunk of an ugly dog. <laughs> He's half cat. More. And half Ewok, based on how he looks right now. He actually. does look like yeah. an Ewok. I can <laughs> see that. Bit. Yeah. Uh, so one other costume I wanted to mention was uh, when they're stealing the ship. Uh, Sulu. I wanted to call him Saru. Sulu. Uh, there's that guy that calls him Tiny. Yeah. And he like flips uh, him over his shoulder. Those guys are just wearing weird purple suits, and like that's fine. Yeah. But like they're just like weirdly purple. They're like they're very purple. Is that the same guy that has a hat that, for no discernible reason, has ridges going across the top uh -huh. of it? I think so. Yeah. Yep. I probably shouldn't have said purple that many times because you know, like it's a peas or explosives. So I'm just like pop 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 pop. You got a pop um, filter, right? I do. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Though, are those like the mental health ward security guards? I think like, so. uh -huh. yeah. So that's maybe like why they're wearing the purple to identify them as they're like that. actually nurses and not oh, security yeah. guards. Yeah, 
I, and that reminded me, I was thinking like in the future, you think they'd be like a little more sensitive on mental health because they're like, was... yeah, we're taking him to the funny farm. <laughs> yeah. <I'm sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like not very PC even today. And Star Trek's supposed to be more progressive. Make it quick, Admiral. They are moving him to the Federation funny farm. Yes, poor friend. I hear he's fruity as a nutcake. The problem with Star Trek's progressiveness is that Star Trek always tries really hard to be progressive, which seems progressive in the moment. And then like two weeks later, it's like, oh, but mm, I don't know if that was the right way to be progressive. <laughs> like, like I, I can see where you were trying, but <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's it. All right, then you got to hit us with them predictions. Okay. So I wrote out like a whole script and I was like, I'm going to keep it short this time. Cause like last time I, I listened back to our Wrath of Khan episodes and I was like, that was way too long. But then I wrote it probably <laughs> longer. So let's get into okay. it real quick. So uh, down on the planet, Kit Spock begins going through Ponfar, which is essentially experiencing seven years worth of blue balls in one instance. <laughs> Uh, David runs into the Klingons and they chase him back to the cave where he and the Klingons walk in on Savik helping Spock relieve the pain of Ponfar. It's very uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Enterprise arrives at Genesis. They see the debris from the science ship and fear the worst. The only two people they cared about on the ship are dead. <laughs> that's when Bones Took me a second. Uh, that's when Bones tells them he's reading multiple life signs on the planet. Due to the limited crew, Kirk asks Sulu to beam himself and Bones down to the planet. Sulu, being Sulu, hits the wrong button and fires a photon torpedo, which means, I guess, now we've established in canon, Scotty's running it out, running around frantically. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know why, but I gotta get this torpedo ready. Uh, in a panic, Sulu hits a flurry of buttons. He fires additional <laughs> torpedoes. So <laughs> Scotty, I'm just imagining Scotty like, forth, like <laughs> saying something very colorful about his grandma being a wagon. <laughs> I don't know. Hi. <laughs> uh, and if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wagon. So he fires additional torpedoes and he like activates the phasers or something. I don't know. Uh, to everyone's surprise, it hits and destroys a cloaked Klingon bird of prey. Before Spice. Kirk can... <laughs> <laughs> Before Kirk can remark, Sulu finds the correct button and beams him down. Back in the cave, David and the Klingons are having a difficult talk with Savik. That's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Kirstie Alley. <laughs> not Kirstie Alley. My but phone like, Alley. <laughs> kept changing it <laughs> yeah. to like other things. So I'm like, oh, I think that's right. So they have a difficult talk with her about the age of consent. During which spot... <laughs> <laughs> During which Spock He's begins a growing again. teenager, though. It's a different. <laughs> During that, uh, Spock begins growing again, and now appears to be old enough, so they like just drop the whole subject and get back to fighting. Kirk and Bones arrive on Genesis next to Spock's tube, where the creatures have evolved further and now have a primitive society. Kirk and Bones sneak past them, not wanting to violate the Prime Directive. <laughs> Cut away to Yohora. I always say Yohora? Uhura. Ahura? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cut away to Ahura, who is in need of money to charter a flight to the rendezvous location. <laughs> she decides the quickest way to earn the money she needs is to enter a fight club across oh, the wow. bay in Oakland's underground. 
<laughs> Throughout the rest of the film, we see cutaways of her fighting huge alien dudes just like kicking their asses. And that's because I, I think that because she had that one badass scene. Is one of them played by The Rock? I don't. How old the would The Rock, rock have been in at Star this Trek? Point? Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> we're about halfway in, just if you guys are wondering. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Can I, can I pause you for a clarification sure. question on one of your predictions? Mm hmm. This Pon Far scene, how explicit are we talking? I, I'd say it's it's implied oral. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Just wanted to get that on the record. Okay. Uh, so Kirk and Bones near the cave and can hear the signs of a struggle. Also, Chekhov is here now. It's it's not really explained. Um, <laughs> must be like a missing scene or something. Maybe a, you know director's cuts and all that. Just like you know. Uh, <gasps> scotty's nephew not existing or something and like the wrath of Khan. yep so uh knowing klingons are in the area they walk in phasers drawn is set to kill they kill all of the klingons <laughs> david and kirk rush to each other in slow motion to embrace because they're just you know so excited to see each other or at least that's what david thinks but kirk like runs past him <laughs> and straight to spock <laughs> Sorry, don't mind us. We're just that's so good. <laughs> very good. <laughs> and so uh, at this point, Spock's back to his normal age. Like they don't show him growing again. It's just like in between scenes. Uh, so Savick shows Spock how to mind meld with Bones to retrieve his contra, contra. Yeah, whatever. Uh, before <laughs> doing so, he has an existential crisis about the fact that he will no longer be himself. They all try to reassure him that it's like for the best because, you know, in his current state, he's like a soulless, like hell spawn or something. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> uh, flash to Ahura's final match. She's winning, but then this one alien dude like pulls out a space knife on her and things get like real tense for a little bit until she disarms him and like chokes him out with his own arm. He has multiple, he has more than two arms, like for sure. Oh, okay. Like, oh, no when you say three. disarms him. It's like Gora. <laughs> she rips an arm off. Okay. And then she chokes him with that arm. Yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I want to watch this movie now. The ref calls the match and he's like trying to pull her off and she's just like, she's not having it. So the music gets like silent and you just hear the creature's final gasp as he struggles to like get her off of him. Uh, jump cut. She's buying a ticket for a ride to Vulcan, which is the rendezvous point. <laughs> Um, she's also covered in various colors of blood. <laughs> oh, oh man. man, why is that scene not in the movie? <laughs> it's don't ruin this for me. It's in the movie. <laughs> oh, right. Of All course. right, so we're getting towards the end now. I was thinking of the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should pay someone to animate these for us one day. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, back in the cave, Spock does the thing and he gets his soul back. David and Spock mm. have a hypothesis that if they transport Spock back to the ship, he'll be like completely, they'll get rid of like the proto matter and he'll stop like aging super fast and he'll just have like his normal atoms again. Mm. They do that. And once everyone's back on the ship, Kirk calls Ahura and tells her they no longer need her to like meet them on Vulcan because Spock's got his body and soul in one thing again. And he's fine. Uh, she shrugs and then threatens the person she bought the ticket from, from for a <laughs> refund. 
as the Enterprise... And that's our fade to credits? Oh, okay. Nope, it was Sorry. good. Just a little bit more. Uh, oh. As the Enterprise enters warp, the camera zooms in to where the film started, Spock's tube. <laughs> where the creatures have evolved beyond our wildest dreams, and their current technology exceeds that of Starfleet, and they have built like a massive futuristic city... And they just, they look very threatening. Like maybe they're building a weapon or something. I don't know. And that's when it fades to the end. <laughs> I might so like good. your ending better. <laughs> <laughs> Is anything in there right? Um, kind of. You know, from a certain point of view. <laughs> okay, Obi-Wan. It, it's the implied world, isn't it? <laughs> Well, we'll find out next week on Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, Part 2. If you just can't get enough of us until then, I just kind of accidentally went into the ending. Does anybody else have anything else? Oh, I have one thing. I have have one thing. And this is going to, like, take us out of it. But there was a triple in this. Oh, shit. There was a triple. There was Was a triple in this. There was was a triple. It, it was in the bar scene. There was like a what pile of tribbles sitting on a table. You talk about the worm creatures? I talk about the little furry balls. <gasps> Does Tyler know what a tribble is? Guys, I I've think, known what I a tribble is might be right. for a long time. It was just fun to keep saying that it didn't. No, I, I mean, know. I don't. I kind of figured. But... I, I've seen like gifts with them. It's yeah, Jeff's, yeah. isn't it? They're all it's, over the yeah. place. <laughs> they're just little furry balls. They're like Furbies without eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're cute. Uh, yeah, there was totally a triple in this. <laughs> yeah, there there was there was a table with, it looks like, three triples on them. Yep. Wow, our first Yay. sighting. I guess that means we need to watch a triple episode. We might have to. I've already and, picked what we're watching next. Okay. Is it Star Trek I hope it's Search two? for Spock Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the Search for Spock Part 2. Okay. Yeah, you're going to make us wait six Star months Trek again. Star Trek 4 Part 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric, what was your one other thing? It was the Tribble. Oh, okay. Wow. I was going to ask if there was a Tribble. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Um, I totally noticed all right. it. Well, if you need one other one more thing, you should go listen to uh, Eric's podcast, The Epic Fails of History, where he talks about humanity's greatest failures and what we can learn from them. That's Epic with a K. And uh, Tyler has a show called Attack on Titan, where (laughs) he (laughs) and Bill... No, no. No, Attack on Titan. No, Tyler makes Attack on Titan. Y'all heard of the the anime Attack on Titan? (laughs) Tyler makes that. Uh, Can you guys please stop insulting my work? People have been uh, complaining about the quality of the Titans this season because they're using CGI, and people don't oh, like it. Oh, so they CGI good. butts instead of hand-drawn butts. Yeah, there, there's sometimes hand-drawn butts, but it looks good. <laughs> they just hand-draw a butt onto the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the butts are the only hand-drawn bits. Um. The coordinate is where he and Bill are trading off talking about uh, the new episodes of Attack on Titan, uh-huh. I think. Yeah, yeah the final, final season. season. I don't yeah. know. I don't watch that show because it's creepy and gross. I hated it. You should. It, it gets MC really good. Made me watch it. Actually, you and MC made me watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can't find MC. He's impossible to find because 
I've then look completely me. failed to get our other podcast back up and running, but someday we will. And they're going to watch Thundercats. Well. Thunder, 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 yeah. Thundercats. That's our next show that we're supposed to watch. Which Thundercats Thunder. are they going to watch? Because there's like three Thundercats. The original Thundercats. The original, That's already established. Yeah. Which one I already are they watched, watch? I watched the three episodes. Like I've <laughs> yeah, watched them. Same. I've taken notes on them. <sighs> um, and you can find more of all of us on uh, on Podcasters Assemble. Which, hey, uh, Eric, do you want to talk about season four of Podcasters Assemble? Because that will have been announced by the time this comes out. Yeah. So we're doing a quick mini season because uh, Godzilla vs Kong was actually pushed up. So we're doing a Kongzillathon where we're going through some of the biggest uh, King Kong and Godzilla movies. Uh, yeah. So come check it out. It's going to be fun and frantic because it's going to be weekly. <laughs> and I'm not looking forward to editing it at all. <laughs> um, you can find that over on the Podcasters Assemble feed and you can contribute to yeah. it. If you are a, 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 a Kaiju fan, go Smith. Is, is it correct to call King Kong a Kaiju? Does I he count so. as a Kaiju? He's kind of the original yes. Kaiju. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. okay. So Kaiju just means like big animal. Yeah. Okay. Just the Japanese. I am not term, a kaiju but... fan. I I am coming to the season almost <laughs> blind. The only one I've seen is the one where Inspector Gadget fights Godzilla, and so I am excited to learn more Matthew about Broderick. about these things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> lost. Not a good oh, one. Hey, no MC, wonder you're not a fan. Would you consider you're the only one who I assume knows what kaiju are and have also seen Attack on Titan? Are, are Titan sort of kaiju? They, they big people. People be animals people do be animals <laughs> oh I, i'm not sure that's weird to think about uh because they actually have a word for giant so mm-hmm. i think attack on titan counts i think i think that's a kaiju show i i would i from what i've seen of it i would call it yeah yeah they're very at, at least at least like kaiju adjacent yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, go find all those things. And hey, come hang out on our Discord where we talk about Star Trek and all sorts of stuff. Today we were having a discussion about about what uh, about perfect films, which ended up being a very fun conversation that I was really enjoying where we were trying to figure out like what, what are the <laughs> yeah. perfect films and what films are close but not quite there. I only caught the tail end of that conversation and it seemed like you were insulting Scott Pilgrim. I was insulting Scott Pilgrim uh, in so much as I don't (laughs) think it counts as a perfect film because I think there are a lot of people that Scott Pilgrim cannot speak to. I think a perfect film has to be a film that like is pretty much Mm. universally enjoyable. And I think for a lot of people, Scott Pilgrim would not be enjoyable. Uh, I I already know one that's directly out of the race because of one scene. What's that? Never ending story. I love that movie. That's a perfect movie. Yeah, I've seen it, but don't remember it. Everyone loves that film. I don't. Except for one scene. That movie's boring as hell. I can't stand that movie. And they kill a Pona. Yeah, that's the scene that I'm talking about. Um, The horse didn't really die, though. That's just a rumor. (laughs) They didn't actually kill the actor horse. It's okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's what makes it iconic, though. If you want a cool fantasy movie with a sad swamp in it, you should go watch Labyrinth, which is a much better movie than The Neverending Story and has much better music than The Neverending Story. And I agree. And it has more David Bowie. It has so much more David Bowie. <laughs> and I so really much don't more like of David movie. Bowie's crotch. You know, oh, I yeah, that, that, what that is wrong with you? 
It, dance, baby, dance. It's, it's not a good song. Dance, magic, dance. He says, baby. <laughs> I've seen this movie once, and I'll, I'll fight you to the death. <laughs> he spit on me. That baby said on me. I actually think Dark Crystal's way better than Labyrinth, though. Not going to lie. Fuck that movie. Fuck Dark Crystal <laughs> Dark so Chris hard. Is amazing. That what movie scares about? the shit out of me. No. I've seen that movie. I've tried to watch that movie several times. It's scary it's as so hell. Good. Everything about that movie is scary. It's Gelflings? So good. Gelfling? Alive. Yeah, it's amazing. Gelflings are the scariest shit I've ever seen. And then just when you think a Gelfling's the scariest <laughs> thing you could ever see, a bunch of Skeksis break through a wall and I push my TV <laughs> to get it to turn off because fuck that movie so hard. Did, Did you, you even get the, like, the cockroach scorpion creatures? I don't know. That I, my dad got me one Those year. Those are legit I think, scary. I think all three of these movies I got together was Labyrinth, which is great, uh-huh. Dark Crystal, yeah. which, which is, is better. not, and The Witches, which is also scary as shit. That is pretty <laughs> terrifying. Not gonna lie. Anyway, we're gonna beam down to. <laughs> no wait, we don't beam anywhere anymore. We're beaming down to the Genesis. No, because oh, we just right. we, we say we just do computer and podcast. We're doing a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I like I'm going to kind of places. miss beaming places. Yeah, let's just beam places. Unless, right, okay, let's... unless it's a holodeck episode. Okay. Right, hey, there, there we go. go. That's a good exception. Yeah. All right. We're going to beam over to Spock's Fuck Cave. For uh, <laughs> to beam out. <laughs> his butt cave don't d- d- his his fuck cave oh fuck cave okay. the, the cave <laughs> of his fucks this has been a presentation of the we can make this work probably network follow us on twitter at probably work for more of our questionable content also we have a website called probablywork.com fan of our podcast and want to help support the show check out our patreon where you can unlock tons of exclusive content like behind the scenes clips extended tangents random shenanigans and even a chance to vote on what star trek episode we forced tyler to watch next that's me (laughs) (laughs) for just three dollars a month you can support the good folks at too young for this trek and get access to Dork Seduction. Seduce. Seduce. Where? MC. Eric. Troy. And Tyler. Take turns trying to seduce each other with the Trek-adjacent <laughs> stuff they love. Including, but not limited to... Galaxy Quest. Battlestar Galactica. Stargate. And so much more. Unfortunately, we don't live in a socialist utopia, and things cost money. So where will your valuable latinum go? To be honest... Mostly self-esteem. Knowing people are listening and enjoying the show enough to join the Patreon will make putting in the work to create it much easier. Just beam on over to patreon.com slash too young for this trick. 
That's patreon.com slash the number two, young, the number four, this track. Link in the show notes. Make it so. Seduced.